Chapter 16, The Fight Let's play hopscotch in front of the building, Tedek, Marishka suggested. With a piece of burned wood, she drew squares on the sidewalk, while David looked for a flat stone to use as a marker. Despite the day's grayness, a few flowering plants brightened the street, and people occasionally smiled at the children as they sidestepped the hopscotch court. It's like there's no war, David said, hopping from square to square. Marishka was about to agree when her eye caught a German army truck turning around the, turning the corner. Suddenly, the street became deserted. Grabbing David, Marishka yanked him behind a concrete wall next to the building. German soldiers stood up in the truck, firing machine guns at anything that moved. One soldier jumped out of the vehicle and plastered a large poster on a wall. He got back in the truck and it pulled away, leaving behind a sidewalk littered with dead and wounded. Marishka and David slowly crawled away from their hiding place. Directly in front of them, a woman lay face down in a puddle of blood. Stepping around her, they saw others lying in the street, some wounded, most dead. Mariska let out a gasp. A man was dragging the lifeless form of Bobo, the little dog she secretly adopted. She had met the skinny charcoal terrier the first week in the new apartment. Bobo had befriended her instantly. His prominent ribs and lack of a collar told her he was looking for a master. She knew better than to ask her mother if she could keep him. Instead, she braided a little collar for him, gave him a name, which he easily learned, and saved a little of her food each day for him. He always met her at the back of the apartment at dusk, wagging his tail. Bobo had been shot when he had stepped into the street to sniff a body. Mariska ran up to the man, hauling Bobo by one leg, and asked, "'Is that your dog?' The man snorted, "'Are you kidding? This is my dinner.' She stood dazed, watching Bobo disappear down the street. Soon it would be her turn to die, too. David tugged on her arm as she read the poster, which warned all Poles that the Germans would take revenge for partisan acts. Come on, Mariska, let's go inside before we get into trouble. Mella was already home when they walked in. She hugged them both and then scolded. You could have been killed. Jacob looked up from his book and gave Mariska and David a superior look. We're tired of staying in here all the time, Mariska said bitterly. Because her daughter so rarely complained, Mella's face wrinkled with concern. She wanted to probe Marishka's feelings when she noticed Jacob staring at David. The older boy's face was stiff with rage. Yeah, David said, Marishka's right. It's no fun being inside. Jacob smirked. Yeah, it's more fun being dead? I don't want to be dead, David cried. Mella squeezed him tighter and put her finger across her lips as a warning to Jacob. But Jacob was past the stopping point. No, you just want to be stupid, he taunted. I don't even think you're my brother. You're too dumb. I am not dumb. I am not stupid. Yes, you are. Dumb and stupid. Stupid and dumb. Dumb and... Mella jumped up, grabbing Jacob by the shoulders, shook him until he became quiet. Never before had she touched him, except with affection. That's enough. Stop this immediately, she ordered. Jacob took a deep breath and turned away from David. But David grabbed him and jumped on his back, flailing at his head. I hope the Gestapo gets you, he screamed, falling off Jacob. He threw himself on the floor and pounded it with his fists. Jacob cocked his head. He had heard something. Tedek, he whispered urgently. Wait a minute. David stopped long enough to hear a sharp rap at the door. You see, Mella said, you boys have disturbed the neighbors. As she walked to the door, Jacob quickly crawled into the little cupboard in the bathroom. Mella opened the door to a Gestapo agent and two soldiers. Shoving her aside, the agent barked. Where are the Jews? David was frightened but fascinated by the agent. His hair, fingernails, jacket buttons, and shoes gleamed. Jews, you want Jews? Mella shouted, standing as tall as her five feet would allow. Come and get them. They're all over the place. Can't you see? She said, making a sweeping gesture with her hand.
David sucked his thumb and clung to Mella's skirt, while Marishka hid behind them. Pointing with his thumb, the agent ordered the soldiers, "'Go on, search!' Mella snorted with disgust. "'That's right. Search all day and all night. The Jews are inside the walls, the closets. Fifty, a hundred are hiding here.' "'Shut up!' the agent snapped. "'Your papers. The children's papers.' He shouted to be heard over a soldier pounding the walls with his rifle butt. Another soldier slashed his bayonet through the couch. Stuffing flew through the air. Mella ran to him and tried to rip the rifle out of his hands. She screamed, "'You ruin everything! You're destroyers! Get out of here and leave us alone!' The agent pulled her away from the soldier and threw her across the room. Marishka and David, who had been clinging to each other, rushed to her on the floor. Mella sobbed, "'Leave us alone!' David watched nervously as one soldier walked over to the bathroom and slammed open cabinets. He flung open one half of the cabinet where Jacob was hiding. Suddenly, the agent called, Enough! There's no one here. Looking down at David, the agent said, You have lovely children. Now, they're papers. Mella reached into a drawer and handed him the documents. David's belonged to Alex's nephew, Tedek. Staring at David, the agent said, This one's your nephew? Mella nodded. The agent smiled and said, he could almost pass for an Aryan. Mella nodded carefully and watched the three men exit before she spat at the backs of their impeccably tailored uniforms.